Good morning and welcome to episode 9 of Betferg 101. And I should say a special g'day to listeners over in New Zealand, my favourite country on God's green earth. Uh, and hopefully I've got a few more listeners actually on the back of a, an appearance I made on a radio station SENZ. Uh, yesterday afternoon, chatting with Mark Stafford, a bit of a celebrity over there, on his afternoon show, I was previewing the USPJ Championship, hopefully giving some listeners some winners, as I want to do on this show. But um, let's start off with a quick reference to good morning as opposed to good evening. Uh, I did say uh, I advertised that I was going to release this USPJ preview uh, yesterday evening. Um, but I can't blame the, the football. Man City, Real Madrid wasn't that a superb, a sublime performance from, from City. 4-0 routing Real Madrid. Uh, but I can't use that as an excuse. Actually, I was trying to upload some music uh, and, and just, just failed on that score. Uh, I'm going to need some help on the, the admin and, and the technical side of things. But uh, anyway, um, having to re-record it again, um, which is a shame because I thought the first thing was pretty good. But we'll, we'll go with it. Um, so yeah, look, uh, let's talk about last week. So a little update where we are financially in terms of the Betfurg 101 money. Uh, the big, the big bet last week was, was sale minus two against Leicester. The Julie won 21 13. I did say they'd win by at least a try. So I was bang on the money there. So where does that take us? Um, so, so far on, on these podcasts, 404 pounds has been invested and exactly £450 has been returned. So that's uh, an 11% return on investment. Pretty good so far. Um, but anyway, uh, we, 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 enough of rugby, enough of football. Uh, this, this episode is all about golf. And uh, as I alluded to, the 2023 US PGA Championship from Oak Hill Country Club, Rochester, New York. Um, Course form's a bit tricky this week, uh, determining, to, trying to kind of work out exactly who we're looking for in terms of a, of a player who's going to do well. Last uh, major to be held there, 2013, um, that was the USPJ Championship, which Jason Duffner won. Prior to that, uh, 2003, when Sean McKeel won, uh, not quite the, the shot heard around the world, um, the, the reference to Gene Saracen's double eagle, uh, what we call albatross, on the 15th and the final round of, of the 1935 Masters en route to winning. But uh, my goodness me, well, surely one of the greatest shots ever to win a, a, a championship, uh, certainly a major, cha- well, any championship. I think he was seven iron from 180 yards to a couple of inches. Uh, I certainly remember it um, because I was on Chad Campbell who ended up coming second uh, that week. And, and uh, so it was certainly frustrating. But look, at the end of the day, what an unbelievable shot it was. Uh, and then prior to that, 1989, the US Open was held at Oak Hill. Um, and that was won by Curtis Strange. Well, Curtis Strange, Sean McKeel, Jason Duffner, what have they all got in common? Uh, pretty accurate players. Uh, pretty accurate. Well, certainly, Curtis Strange might not have been accurate in 95 when he surrendered that to... Two up lead with three to play against Nick Faldo um, in in the 1995 Ryder Cup. But yeah, joking aside, he, he was a terrific player, two-time US Open champion. Um, uh, yeah, yeah the, these, those, those three players, very, very straight. And, and I think this week you're going to need a decent blend of accuracy but power as well. Um, so I'm not, look, I'm not going to say that only four can win like I very boldly but correctly did at Augusta. 
Uh, nor am I going to break it down into, into the several themes and, and, and answer certain questions, not least because I haven't got my guest interviewer this episode. Um, but I will kick things off with reference to live, uh, a bit like how, how I did in that master's preview. What was I talking about in that Masters preview? Well, I, I went on record and, and said that the, the PJ Tour players had an enormous competitive advantage prior to the Masters. Um, they had those what, six elevated events on the PJ Tour were played prior to the Masters compared to a, a couple of 54-hole events on the Live Tour. But listen, make no mistake, that competitive advantage the PJ Tour players had has well and truly gone. Uh, you, you, you certainly, if you look at what happened at Augusta, undercooked, you could say those live players. But my goodness, uh, Brooks Kepka in, in particular played superbly, uh, and and look ably supported by by Phil Mickelson and, and Patrick Reed, three players in the top five. I certainly didn't think that would happen, but uh, yeah. And this week, uh, the I, I think the fact that they've had a couple more outings since the Masters. In terms of events, the, the live golfers, I think they're going to be very competitive this week. Uh, I think DJ winning last week in Tulsa, he he's going to be right there. Uh, I would suggest, and and I think himself and Brooks Kepka will will probably be the the leading live players. But in terms of actually backing any of them, I, Brooks Kepka was available at fifty to one prior to the Masters, um, and and this week he's a top price of twenty two to one. And in a deeper field, which this week is, uh, you know, I can't, I can't touch him. Got a bit, bit of a betting ban- mantra of mine is everything has a price. And and at twenty two to one, I just can't touch Brooks Kepka, um, nor Dustin Johnson, uh, as well. I think there's just a, it's all very well winning these live tournaments, but I just think to win this week, I think it will be competitive. But to win, um, I, I'm just not quite sure that he's the player he he was a few years ago. Um, so let's look at the chances of some of the favourites um, with, with the bookmakers this week. The big three, big three of Scheffler, Rahm and McElroy, they seem to have put a, a distance between themselves and the rest, certainly in terms of odds. Um, well, definitely Scheffler and Rahm have this week. If you Both are a top price, uh, eight to one. Rory's 12s and 14s available. Um, in terms of those three, I think I favour Scheffler. Well, I know I favour Scheffler uh, amongst those three. I think he's he's look at all the stats, tee to greens, and, and you know, driving, total driving, you know, measuring accuracy and and uh, and distance. He's, he's close to the top in all of those stats. Um, but it's the same principle um, applies it did to to Kepka. I think eight to one's on the short side um, for for me. Yes, he's the most likely winner, but with concerns over his putting, uh, I, I will give give him a wide berth this week, or certainly a berth, not say a wide berth. Uh, Ram, yeah, my concern about Ram, certainly not his form. His form is bulletproof. Uh, magnificent victory at the Masters. Um, he's pretty good. Uh, the, the Mexican opening, and he just failed to, to defend his crown there. Um, and, and look, he was, he was really good, continued his form. But look, interesting one. Uh, the influence of the New York crowds, those very vocal New York crowds, uh, could well affect him. He's a bit of a combustible character. And interestingly, two of his four major missed cuts he's missed two majors uh two he's missed four major cuts and two of those have come in new york and i think it's a bit like garcia do you remember when he's having the 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 kind of long game yips struggling to to grip his club um i can't can't annoys me because i love my stats and my memory's not not like it used to be but certainly in the early 2000s uh mid 2000s he was really struggling with that and, and the new york crowd gave him a bit of a hard time and 
think they might do the same to Rahm if he gets a little bit petulant, as Johnny Rahm can do. I think that, that might be a factor this week. So I'm going to um, pass over Rahm as well. Rory, uh, a member at Oak Hill. don't know how many of you know that, but he's a member at Oak Hill. Um, but we all know what happened at the Masters. Uh, very, very disappointing that week. Understandably withdrew from the Heritage the following week. Um, came back on, on tour a couple of weeks ago at the Wells Vargo event at Quail Hollow. Of course, he absolutely loves, but I wasn't remotely convinced. I think he was tied 47th uh, that, that week and, and just looked off on, on, on all facets of his game. So I'm going to give him a, a pass as well. Other leading contenders... Defending champion Justin Thomas. Uh, lots of people always like to back Justin Thomas, um, but making comments, his wedge game's been really poor uh, all, all season, really. But he, he, I think that the comment he, he made in particular, light, there's light at the end of the tunnel as regards that part of his game, but I, it doesn't fill me full of any confidence in terms of backing. So I will be passing over Justin. Justin Thomas, Jason Day, great story last week. Um, first time in five years winning on tour at the Byron Nelson, um, but but surely not ready to win another under the majors. Won one. I, I can't see him ever adding to that tally. And, and with this, I think there's, there's been some whispers about this recurrence of the vertigo he suffered, um, you know, three four years ago. And I, I'm I'm going to be going to be dismissing Jason Jason Day's chances this week. Certainly, Tony Finau. He certainly must have his, his backers this week. I mean, he's four wins in his last 18 starts. That's a, that's a pretty Tiger-esque statistic. Um, but when it really comes to it, I'm not convinced, Tony. Certainly in majors, uh, I'm not convinced Tony's quite got the, the game and temperament at this point in his career. So no Tony Finau for me in terms of winning. Patrick Cantlay, oh, he's always there or thereabouts. He certainly ticks all the boxes statistically. But uh, how about this for a statistic? Love my stats. And this is scarcely believable, to be honest. He's played in 23 majors. And uh, how many top tens? Three. I mean, that's a terrible return for for a player of his ability. Uh, Victor Hovland, uh, you know, again, it seems to be in terms of accuracy and, and, and power, right up there, you'd think, statistically. But... If he misses greens, I, I, yes, his short game, his wedge game, his chipping is, is improved. But I still think it has to improve further to, to win something like this, a USPJ or US Open, where you know the demands around the greens are very, very stiff. Uh, who else do I want to mention? I think we'll mention, finally, on in terms of the contenders, certainly the ones I'm passing over, Xander Schofley. <laughs> uh, my goodness, what, what can I say? Uh, trailing by two going into the final round of the Wells Vargo a couple of weeks ago, uh, trailed by two uh, behind Wyndham Clark. Um, through five or six holes, he, he's overturned that deficit. And actually, I think he led by one after six or seven holes. But the old spineless show play, as I like to refer to him, was on full show for the remainder of day four. Uh, and in the end, a previously winless Wyndham Clark, one by four shots, and it was a pretty sad indictment, of of Chauflay. so yeah, not look. He he will probably contend as he invariably does in these big tournaments, but no value for me. Sander Chauflay this week. Uh, a quick mention for Jordan Spieth, uh, like Rory, uh, one major away, and it's this major. Uh, if, if Jordan Spieth wins uh, a PGA in his career, he will join that exclusive uh, club um, of winning all four majors, the Grand Slam. Um, but but he's got some wrist injuries. I certainly he pulled out last week and. And I think 
I think he's going to struggle. Um, I think he's probably only playing desperately trying to, to win that, the Grand Slam, but very hard to win majors um, when you're fully fit, let alone uh, carrying some kind of injury. So who do I like this week? Um, well, I've got some live outsiders. I've got some very live outsiders. Harris English is the first I'm going to mention. Um, they're very impressive. Uh, 16 of his last 17 cuts. He's made, he's made 16 of his last 17 cuts in majors. Yeah, OK, lots of those are, are midfield finishes. But um, third at the US Open 2021 and fourth and the US Open in, in 2020 at Wingfoot, uh, New York. Similar course to Oak Hill. And as I said, the setups now in these US PGAs and, and US Opens are very similar. So I'm very encouraged by that. And, and look, this, this year, the kind of tests, the similar tests you're going to get on tour to, to Oak Hill. Maybe not as tough, but Riviera, uh, you need to drive the ball well, came 12th. Bay Hill, you need to drive the ball well, came second. And then only two weeks ago at Quail Hollow, finished third. So look, injury saw him miss most of last season. Um, and, and probably largely forgotten about by a lot of golf fans, certainly golf punters. Um, Ryder Cup player in his pomp. Look, he's a, he's a proper player, Harris English, and, and I, I think he's he's got a bit of a squeak this week. Uh, who else? Uh, Brendan Todd, again, not a player that you, you'd necessarily scream out at you. Uh, what's his record like in majors? He's not great. He's had three, he's played in 14, three top 20s. Uh, but actually, if you think about it, if you take three Masters appearance out of the equation, uh, where he's, he's got no chance in terms of the fact that he just can't hit it far enough. So it's three out of 11 uh, if, you, if you take that angle. Um, so a lot more respectable than first glance. This season, not brilliant form. Uh, only four top 20s, but all four of those have been in the top 10. Uh, very, very good mid-season player, i.e. right now. So I give him a bit of a squeak as well. Matty Kucha. Uh, the, the, I used to call Matt Kuchar the, the, the top 10 specialist. Um, and he's had four top 10s in the US PGA. Uh, this season, under the radar, but played pretty well. Uh, tied for seventh at Sony at the start of the year. Eighth at the Genesis at Riviera. Tied ninth at the World Match Play. Tied third at the Valero, Texas. And their last three weeks, tied 19th, tied 23rd. Tied 43rd. So, you know, he's, he's definitely got form in the book. And um, I think he'll go reasonably well uh, as well. Uh, but who who's my main fancy this week? I know you're all waiting on 10 ducks, so I hope you are. But my main fancy this week is Sung J Im. Okay. Um, I think, you know, with the ex- take the exploits of Ram and Scheffler um at the equation and and certainly tony fee now i think sung jm's stellar form has has largely flown under the radar um it it, it really has i mean look what, what what's he done this year uh from i'm just trying to think what was he certainly top tens at the farmers insurance phoenix players as well and then i think the heritage and and the the Zurich Classic, a team of Ed and Wells Fargo. I think he's had six top eight finishes this season, uh, Sung Jm. And and uh, yeah, I really, as I mentioned him in the Masters preview, I I, I think he ticks off statistically again, very accurate, long. Uh, he's he's sniffing around in in the top twenty of all those statistical categories. I think you're going to be need to be stellar in this week. Uh, Sung Jm. Okay, he's he's my main fancy in terms of. USPJ glory. Um, 
So there we go. Uh, let, let, before I go on and, and break down uh, exactly where the 101, the Betfog 101 money is going, I, I just want to talk about one proposition market uh, that, that I'm really interested in this week, and that's the top senior market. Okay, I'm going to break that down for you. Uh, how many seniors are in the USPGA? So senior player top over 50, uh, 50 and over. Who have we got in terms of that? Well, we've got five players. Phil Mickelson, Podrick Harrington, Stephen Alker, Wai Yang and Sean McKeel. Okay, well, let's break this down further. Um, forensically look at it. Uh, let's dismiss. I mean, we, I think we can turn it into a, a three horse, maybe even two horse race. Wai Yang, uh, let's eliminate him from this. Uh, he, he's, well, my goodness, he, he's a string of miscuts since... Last cut he made in the USPGA. He's a former winner, which is why he's in this tournament. Made a cut, tied 48th in 2015. Um, but he's he's still playing on the on the senior tour. But I mean, he, he's he's had one top ten, well, two top tens this season. Uh, 59th of the tradition uh, the weekend with Steve Stricker romped to victory, way off the pace. Um, I think 28 shots behind Stricker. Uh, he's going to really struggle. Uh, what do we know? Sean McKeel. Certainly get rid of Sean McKeel as, as a runner in this market. Uh, again, talked about earlier, one with that amazing shot into the, into the 18th hole on the, in the final round. But that was in 2003. And since then, uh, his last cut made uh, in this PGA Championship was, was tied was 2011th. Where he finished last of those qualifiers. And he, you know, he's, he's just miscut, up, miscut, miscut, miscut. So forget about McKeel and Yang. Stephen Orker. Stephen Orker's an interesting... I mean, my goodness me, what an incredible... Um, four wins last season on the on the senior tour, and and uh, he's you know not quite the same. He won um, the Inspirati Invitational in April last month, um, but he hasn't had the, the season he had last season. Almost impossible to. But it's the, his major record, which has put me off him here. Uh, he played six senior, sorry five um, normal majors. Uh, regular majors and uh, one top twenty finish and two miss two huge cuts three missed cuts of, of those five starts. So it's between Mickelson and uh, and Wai Yang for sorry between Mickelson and, and Harrington for me. And look, Mickelson was superb at the Masters, but if you take that at the equation, he's not been great. Um, he's really been poor on on the Live Tour. Uh, what have we got? Fifteenth in Bangkok, thirty fifth in Jeddah. Um, miscut the Saudi Invitational, um, 27th in Mycoba, 11th in Adelaide, 13th in, in Singapore. Uh, yeah, I I just think, especially how crooked he hits the ball, get away with it, Augusta. But but no, I, I think the person I'm really honing in on, Podrick Harrington. Um, and he still, he still plays on the PJ Tour. Three, three, uh, three times he's played on the PJ Tour this season, made the cut in, in every start, and a tie 10th, the Valero Texo. Uh, sorry, Valera Texas Open in in April. Very impressive, it's solid. He's played five times on the on the Senior Tour. Uh, latest four of those top tens. Fifth at Tradition. Yeah, okay. Um, eight behind Stricker, but my goodness, Stricker was in a league of his own. Um, and I think for me, looking at this market, I priced it up and I made Harrington five to four. I made him a really solid five to four shot favorite in my book. And and looking at the odds. Uh, it was 21 to 10, so over 2 to 1 he was a few hours ago, but can't claim that, it's gone now. So he's uh, 15 to 8 with Paddy Power and Betfair. Uh, so that's that's where 
that's where that price is. And I really think that's great value, to be honest. Um, so without further ado, where is the Betferg 101 money going this week? Right. So we'll kick off with Harrington. He's, he's the lead bet. £40, £40, 15 to 8 to be top senior. Uh, £18 each way. So £36 in total on Sung JM. Uh, 33 to 1 with Paddy Power, a uh, whopping 10 places. Okay, uh, we're going to stay with Paddy Power. Uh, the next bet will be £5.50 each way, £11 in total. Harris English, mentioned that, really like English this week, uh, 175 to 1. Same price, 175 to 1, not the same stake. This is going to be £4 each way. Uh, it's going to be Matt Kucher, so same place, same, same, same price, same bookmaker. And the final bet uh, is going to be a £6 on Brendan Todd. Mentioned him. Uh, £6 in my preview. £6, Brendan Todd, 25 to 1 uh, with Skybet for a top 10 finish. So to reiterate, the 101 money is going £40, Harrington, 15 to 8, top senior. £18 each way, Sung Jae Im, 33 to 1, 10 places, Paddy Power on the outright betting. £5.50 each way, Harris English, 175 to 1, again with Paddy, 10 places. £4 each way, Matt Kucher, uh, same price, same bookmaker, same place terms. And finally, £6, Brennan Todd, 25 to 1 uh, for a top 10 finish with Skybet. Wow, we're nearly there. Uh, I just want to talk, I, I'm introducing a Betferg player of the week from now on. Um, and hopefully next week it will be Sung Im's approach to the last uh, mirroring Sean McKeel 20 years ago. Um, could be lucky, it could be a key putt be a key shot during the final round for, for whoever it is or it could be the first round uh, or if it's rugby in future episodes brilliant try cricket it might be uh, an unbelievable bit of fielding whatever it is it's going to be a Betford player of the week uh, could be anything and uh, indeed it is it is anything this week last week and we're going to kick uh, kick start this new segment with something well and truly out of left field um, and indeed it's something I've never seen in 37 years of, of watching let alone playing cricket and it ties in nicely with the, with the last episode, episode eight, had the, the, the guest on, Jamie Yardley, and he was jokingly about having a mythical bet on me running out my opening partner, Adam Millichip. Well, I didn't run Adam out. He, uh, we put on 50, uh, 50 out, I think, for the first wicket, chasing 135 against Willie, a team in Brosley Telford in, in the Division 3 of the Shropshire Cricket League. Um, so Adam was out, and I think we got the score to about 70 uh, I hit it to deep cover. It's not deep cover, actually. It was, it was just extra cover, traditional, you know, normal place for extra cover. Uh, fielder misfielded it and uh, 10 yards behind him. Called the guy, called my uh, number three. Won't mention his name to embarrass him. Threw for a single. Didn't realise he wasn't running. I pretty much got to his end uh, and, and realised he, you know, he said, no, no, no. Anyway, ran back. Spectacular dive. And, and uh, look, I'm not the, in, in the best shape of my life. Um and, and yeah, getting on at 44, but it was a spectacular dive. Got in, uh, looked over, I thought it was really tight. Umpire gave it not out. Um, gloves and, and bat everywhere. Certainly the gloves were behind me. So I went back, I think it was three or four seconds, definitely. It was, look, it was dead ball. Uh, end of the over as well, I think. I went back to, to get my gloves. And um, I think it was one, one yard out my crease. Suddenly, how's that? The look behind, the wicked keeper had pulled the stump out. Um, and the umpire apparently had no choice but to give me out. And, and look, I, you tell me, listeners out there, how on earth that can be out. I haven't actually had the time or inclination 
to, to go and look through the rule book. But anybody out there who's a cricket aficionado, please can you tell me how on earth that is out? And even, even if it's out in the spirit of the game, Division 3, you know, cricket, my goodness me. Um, anyway, such is life. Uh, but listen, hope you've enjoyed this episode. I have thoroughly enjoyed um, delivering it. Uh, and, and most importantly, let's hope that we can have a nice little profit one of those, you know, Harrington top senior and, and a win from Ian English or Coochie would be absolutely fantastic. Um, one of those or a couple of them in the top 10 would be great. And then certainly Brendan Todd as well. If he can come in the top 10, would be good. But uh, hope you're all well. Hope you, you're uh, um, sleeping peacefully as, as I'm delivering this in the early hours. But uh, hopefully you'll wake up to this. You can make a few quid. And next week we'll review this and uh, I'll give you some more winners. But for in the meantime, you take care of yourself. Betfog 101, episode 9, over and out.